Welcome to another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. We are talking with Michael Jordan this morning. And uh, no, it's not that Michael Jordan. And I was reading his website. He, is, he, was, he was not in Black Panther. He was not in Fantastic Four. Uh, he is also not the greatest basketball player of all time. And this is according to his website. So I'm not making this stuff up. Uh, and he goes by Mike. So good morning, Mike. Good morning, Mitch. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So we, uh, I wanted originally to talk to you about uh, a new publication that you're starting out called Canopy Atlanta. So I want to talk about that. But, but then in the course of a little research, I, I noticed that you've got lots of other things you're, you're working on, too. So do this for me. Let's, let's kind of talk just generally about who Michael Jordan is. Sorry, who Mike Jordan is. <laughs> and uh, talk about kind of, the thing, kind of the things you work on. And then we'll kind of get into Canopy a bit. Okay. Well, thanks again for uh, having me here today. It's really a pleasure to do this. Um, and uh, me, I am, as you said, Mike Jordan. We don't need to talk about Michael Jordan anymore. That guy gets a lot. And again, it's also Michael B. Jordan, which I ran for. I ran with Michael B. Jordan for a very long time until that name was pretty much gone on the internet. So I go by Mike just for convenience of finding myself with SEO. Um, but I am a journalist. I've been uh, in Atlanta since 1995 to attend Morehouse. I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. And I pretty much my area of focus in journalism uh, is culture. And it's through the lens of various different sectors, such as food, such as entertainment, um, such as technology. So that has uh, given me a way to look for the interconnectivity of people around the country, around the globe, regionally, locally, that the things that we do and the ways in which we do them are not so separate that we don't find that they actually connect us and that they intertwine. So I'm very interested in not just food, but food ways and how recipes kind of mingle together from different things that happen historically. The stories of entrepreneurship uh, that go into different ways and approaches that different people have. Um, the reasons why uh, television shows and uh, music seem to be crossing genres and bending and people are picking up trap music and pop music and vice versa these days. Um, your old town roads of the world and all of those weird, very cool uh, synergies that are happening. And then technology. So um, I'm the, my full-time job is I'm the editor-in-chief of Hypopotamus, uh, which is a Atlanta-based but Southeast-focused tech and innovation publication, digital only. We send out newsletters and we are online. And my other positions are I write for the Wall Street Journal, um, Playboy, Atlanta Magazine, um, several others. And most folks in Atlanta probably know me from launching Thrillist in 2008 here. Um, and that actually led to a lot of the other things that I now write about today, which actually led also to Canopy Atlanta, which along with several other local journalists who I have great admiration and respect for, we just wanted to bring something new to Atlanta in the form of uh, nonprofit community journalism. And so the model is, as opposed to traditional media, looking at a story in a certain neighborhood and bringing in a reporter and maybe sometimes that having an extractive nature as opposed to getting the inside story or actually finding out what the stories are from the neighborhood. 
we're not only turning uh, the turning that on its head, we are training and equipping residents who are interested in the field of journalism and the skill. We're training them, paying as we train them to learn those skills and then having them actually report so that not only are we getting the more of the insider and the neighborhood story from what they think should be reported and what they see, but we leave and they're still there and they're still able to report and they take those skills and continue to do the work so that we're not in and out and it leads to something that can be a little bit more sustainable and something more organic. So that's Canopy Atlanta and very excited about that. It launches uh, this fall. So what was there a kind of a inflection point or is there something you said we got to do this? We really, there's a, there's a need for canopy for something like canopy Atlanta. Yes. The reason we launched it and I give, uh, I, I want to say, he would say, this is not my thing, but journalist Max Blau, uh, right. BLU, he's just, um, if, if, if someone in Atlanta, the next person to win a Pulitzer is probably going to be him. Max is just outstanding. Yeah, we, we, yeah Max, Max is pretty cool. He is. Yeah. He's just, his heart's in it. He's intelligent. He's wildly talented, but he's just a really le- legit, complete guy. And so he went around and kind of was looking and asking, and he did a project uh, on the Pittsburgh community and also a neighborhood called Lightning that uh, basically is the ground underneath um, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and before the Georgia Dome was built. This was a neighborhood, and it was a African-American neighborhood. And basically what happened to that and the stories that go along with, you know, when development comes in. So Max, doing this project on Pittsburgh, and it was a community journalism project that uh, ended up in the AJC, I think it was a cover story. He wanted to do more of this. And so he went around to people, and I was very honored that he met with me at uh, Ebrick in downtown, which I believe sadly is closed because of the coronavirus pandemic. But a coffee shop, and we just talked about, you know, inequities and things that we would like to see in journalism and, you know, what whether I would be interested in something that he was thinking of. And so we got together, and it was a room full of a lot of very respected journalists here in Atlanta um, not all of whom could actually take get involved immediately in Canopy because, of course, when you're in journalism, there are non-competes. There are, you know, a lot of things that, you know, just even if your heart's in it, you may not be able to jump right in. But the right, support right. is there. And we all decided that, you know, something needs to be done so that as Atlanta changes, the story is captured and it's captured telling the story of the people who are going to be most affected and who are usually had the lowest voice in the room. So it was just a a project where a lot of people are passionate about. And journalists have a better inside track to this than maybe people who read and consume journalism. When you know how the sausage is made, maybe you're less likely to consume it. (laughs) So we want to make better sausage uh, in our plants. Better, better sausage. Maybe that's the subhead. Better sausage. Yeah, better sausage. Canopy Atlanta. <laughs> so, so canopy, obviously, because Atlanta is a city under trees, right? Is that the is yeah, that kind of the, the 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 famous tree canopy of Atlanta, and just the idea of coverage. And so we want to cover the city in a way that is very, again, organic, very natural to what's going on, and really looking at the five county metro area, um, thinking about 
places that are underserved in journalism, but deserve to actually have the folks there being equipped to make sure that there there is a check and balance against uh, any other type of media that may come in and say, you know, oh, there was a shooting here or theft is on the rise or um, this business is closing, which I, I'm, it's all news that will be reported. Right. But there are other stories besides that, and we want to make sure those are getting a chance to be heard and seen. Yeah, yeah. There's there's deeper stories. I mean, I've long lamented that the you know the East Lake Clarkson area has just so many incredible stories, and uh, you know it's 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 definitely undercovered. I, you know, Decatur is kind of covers it yeah. on the website, yeah. but uh, you know, it, it those stories I don't think get told enough unless they're unfortunately negative stories and sometimes they're positive, but I feel like there's so much more out of there. So, so you chose the West end uh, as the focus of the first issue. Why that area first? So that was actually uh, a decision choosing West end as our first uh, story. Well, our first issues, the inauguration, the inaugural package is we were all kind of, and it was by committee. We kind of just thought about it. And West end is, it's got a lot of things going for it. It's a historic neighborhood. Um, it is an area that is, there's a lot of development being planned. There's development already happening. It's right inside the city. It has the Atlanta University Center there. I went to Morehouse. Uh, we know a lot of different people who are moving into the West End. We know that a lot of folks have been there. There's even, you look at the wave of vegetarianism and veganism and everything. The West End has had that for a very long time. Uh, soul vegetarian, which everyone loves and knows. Of course, it's on Highland, but it originated there in the West End. Um, so there's just a lot of history and a lot of stories to be told. And I guess there's sort of a, a concern that before we build over all of this great history and have all of this shiny new glass and steel, we should make sure that we are understanding what's worthy to be preserved and what needs to be celebrated and what the issues are in that community. But it just felt like the right place and the right time to do it because so much of what we know as the West End is in flux right now and will certainly change. The Beltline has accelerated that and it's only going to happen faster and we need to at least be tracking that as we go. Yeah. I, I mean, that's well, well said. I think, uh, Atlanta's probably not the only city that has a habit of uh, paving over its history and then and losing track of it. Uh, yeah. I, Max's story about lightning was, I, I, I've been in Atlanta a long time, but I was not familiar with that community. You know, I'm, I'm familiar with what the interstates did to, you know, Summerhill and, uh, and some of those neighborhoods kind of splitting them in half and really hurting, hurting those neighborhoods back in the, in the 60s. But uh, hadn't heard about lightning. So but there's, there's so much history in this town that uh, it's nice when someone makes the effort to, to dig it up and, and shine the, a good light on it. Uh, so, so this is a, is, is this going to be an online and print publication? Is that the plan? Uh, no, it'll be uh total, totally digital. Totally, so, okay, totally uh, digital. We're, not, okay. we're not looking at a print product. Um, okay. That's still a challenging thing. And even now I, I, I enjoy continuing to work with some print publications. It's fun. It has that great, you know, journalistic integrity sheen to it and whatnot. But yeah. we are looking at digital. And, you know, you have to also think about digital in the sense of 
you know, where are people consuming media? Where are they going? Um, and, and not only before the coronavirus, but especially in the advent of after the coronavirus, how likely is anybody to want to pick up a newspaper that's laying around in some bin? I mean, you know, that it's I'm not sticking my hand in that. Thing. I don't know about you. <laughs> I ain't touching that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, and people aren't going to the restaurants where those, where those magazines are sitting. Right. 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 So again, you know, even I was I was in a, a hotel not long ago. Uh, I'll be honest. I again, I, like I said, I write for the Wall Street Journal, and um, I wanted to see if I could find a couple. I know that they have a partnership with Marriott, so I was in there trying to creep and see if I could grab a couple laying on the thing. There are no Wall Street Journals laying around in the Marriotts right now, which makes sense because you know wh- who knows what's falling on those things in the atmosphere and droplets and ugh. yeah. So, that's one one reason, but no, we wanted to be intentional about where are people consuming media, and you know the saturation of smartphones they're in everybody's hands um it's easy to deliver a newsletter uh the cost is much lower um the product is so much more interactive shareable uh we know that we can get to the neighborhoods through digital outreach, even in times of coronavirus while we have a lot of events planned that we're having to postpone and work around for right now because of the concerns of the coronavirus. We also know that we can reach people through social media. We can reach them through email. We can uh, think about other strategies that will still be able to get that person right there in their pocket. And if they want to be part of the process, they can join in and interact and engage with us there. Cool. And you can chop it up in pieces and and tease it and promote it a lot easier on on digital too. And you don't have to worry about driving around and, cost of printing and, and all that kind of thing. That's right. That's yeah. right. So yeah. that's the point. So we're, we're digital only. And, uh, you know, if there's, if, there's an, if there's an opportunity to do something that makes sense, we're not against it, but it's just right now we're digitally focused. Yeah. So it sounds like you're, you're going to be kind of teaching people how to, to do the journalism, Is it, are you doing like a series of classes or something to kind of teach them those skills, show them those skills. Yes, so we actually have fellows, and we are just announcing our fellows. So uh, all of that is at uh, Canopy Atlanta. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So uh, I believe it's Canopy uh, ATL on Twitter, but it's Canopy Atlanta on Facebook. And we have a lot of that kind of information there. So we're announcing the Weston fellows who we've actually just selected through an application process. And then what will happen is that over the next few weeks, we will do a series of classes to journalists, Camille Whitaker, formerly of the Atlanta Boys, and Marianne Martin, who's a Chattanooga native who lives here as well. I actually just left the West End living there and now I just moved to a different neighborhood with her husband and their uh, new baby. But um, those two are on the fellowship side of things. And so they are in charge of the education and providing the resources and um, dealing with the folks who are actually going to be trained and going to be delivering the stories uh, for Canopy Atlanta's Western issue. So yes, there was, that's the fellowship side of it. And again, we're not just asking people to get involved. We're paying them. So that's actually the majority of our budget as a nonprofit. We're actually spending that on the training aspect. And then, of course, we're also going to pay them when their stories are published a uh, very fair rate, which I have to say I wasn't getting when I first launched as a journalist. I was, I don't want to, uh, I don't even want to talk about how little about amount of money I was getting back in 1997 or so, but we do want to, yeah. we want to be equitable in this. Yeah, I know it's a, it's challenging for freelancers to get a, a good rate for their work. I, I, I have seen some of the rates that, uh, that, 
papers charged and give papers off for some pads. And uh, I know it takes you a lot more time and effort to get that, that work done, especially if there's a lot of research and interviewing to be done with it. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So uh, are you, do you have a feel for what the other topics will be after West End? Or you kind of, kind of hold that and come back later with that, those details. Well, uh, again, we are looking in the five county metro region. So we are looking around and we're saying, we're asking that question to the community. So that's a really intentional thing that we're doing as well. We don't want to just decide and say, we say the story is here. We want to do this. We're asking and saying, hey, folks, are there stories in your neighborhood? Send them to us. So we have a pitch form at Canopy Atlanta's website. We have um, just feedback, ways to get in touch with us to engage. So that is a very major part of it is asking communities, do you want this in your neighborhood? Is this something that you would be interested in participating in, contributing to, investing in with your time and energy as we invest back in you? So, of course, we would love to look at East Lake. We'd love to look at Clayton County just in general, uh, which we feel is, you know, drastically underserved for journalism. Um, it, it, it can go all over the city. We do want to specifically stay within what we consider greater Atlanta, metro Atlanta, whatever you call it. But that could be any neighborhood. And we also don't necessarily want to say that, oh, this neighborhood has to be underserved in a way that sounds as if we are, you know, performing a charity of sorts. I don't see any particular reason why that why stories couldn't be coming out of Brookhaven, because as I've learned uh, when I bought my house, I live in East Point. Um, I learned that one of the contractors who came in and did some work on the house, he is a longtime uh, resident of Brookhaven and let me know that that area has an African-American heritage as well. And the town Brookhaven actually came in and purchased a lot of those homes. And from what he told me, a lot of those folks took um, very low uh, offers and folks were still asking to buy his very small property and he's not trying to move for less than a million. So I'm like, go for it, man. Get the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But th those kind of things. So again, there's no, there's nothing that's keeping us away from any neighborhood. We want to make sure that we are serving the community, that we are true to our nature, which is tell us, be part of the story. And we want to make sure that there's something there that people feel that they're invested in enough to report. And remind me, what's the target date for the first issue? Target is late September. So that's okay. what we're looking at. So we yeah. have a, you know, a couple more months and we are, uh, you can sign up for our newsletter to keep up with our progress. Uh, that's at canopyatlanta.org. We have um, our social channels. We have a lot of different programs and plannings. We're in meetings. I think there's a meeting, if not right now, it'll be tomorrow, but we have our board of directors who are keeping us in line with our goals and functions. We did a whole lot of exercises to make sure that we were set up properly because the fun part is, of course, the journalism and the part of actually making sure that we're going to have ground beneath our feet was the part that I think that we were very, very careful in making sure that this is not something that just comes and goes tomorrow. And that actually yeah. helped us to get the investment from partners like MailChimp and uh, just various other foundations and funds. So we've got uh, funding for the first issue and a little bit more. We're very rapidly getting towards our goal, but we are still accepting donations and there's a way to donate on uh, the okay. website as well. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I, I've kind of seen a trend the last, I don't know, year, two, three, towards more kind of 
I don't know if you would call it community-based funding or nonprofit journalism. Uh, you know, there's a couple, there's a, some digital news sites that have popped up, which, you know, are not necessarily operating into the traditional funding model. You know, they're funded by grants or, or, or nonprofit sources. Uh, and, and, you know, as well as I do, you know, we've seen a lot of small papers take a big hit the last couple of years, uh, especially this year. Uh, a lot of, a lot of layoffs, especially at the smaller papers. And even even some of the larger media outlets are, you know, having to furlough and do pay cuts and whatnot. So it's a, it's it's great that you're able to launch this new publication in this in this challenging time. Obviously, you didn't plan. I'm sure when you were concepting this that this was going to be the time you were launching it. But uh, it's the the way that our dice roll sometimes, right? Right. I mean, it it would it certainly was uh, unexpected, like it was for everyone. Um, it, it, it did cause us to step back and say, okay, how does this impact the strategy? Because, you know, it went from being, oh, okay, well, this thing is coming almost like a hurricane to then it was, no, this is probably going to be not only part of a story going forward, but it's impactful and it changes even how we go about doing business. Um, but it's also one of those things where I personally feel very grateful that we had done a lot of this work since uh, late 2018, just the planning and the structural work that needs to get done to prop us up so that in this time, we're able to be, you know, we're, again, our feet are planted in the ground. And obviously there are, at the same time as you mentioned, a lot of media organizations that are dealing with layoffs, that are dealing with just the traditional challenges of the advertising model, which the coronavirus certainly impacted. Um, a lot of things that people would spend money on, they're not right now. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in the future? But the ad revenue model is taking some hits. Um, uh, the, uh, all, of, all types of things that the ways that journalism had functioned previously are now looking at and, and being reexamined. Yeah. What we want to be there to do is we want to make sure that we're around and as people look and say, well, what is the purpose of non, uh, a nonprofit journalism model? How does that even work? And what we want to show is that one thing for sure is that not being tied to ad revenue gives us a little bit of freedom and actually probably, we hope, will better inform the journalism that you get because we're not beholden to making any other parties happy with what we cover. We're just legitimately sharing the news as it comes from the neighborhoods themselves. Excellent. Uh, we've been talking to Mike Jordan uh, with uh, a new publication in Atlanta called Canopy Atlanta. And uh, thank you for our viewers for, for watching and listening in. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week with another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. Mike, thanks for being with us. Thank you very much for having me.